This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. It's a Friday going into the big weekend. So we thank, we're thank happy that you started your weekend with us here on this Friday evening. And Gordon, before we talk a little Mets, I have to make this statement. It was, and we talked about it last night, and you heard the update at the top of the hour. They say he's day-to-day, but Gordon, I wouldn't rush him back, he being Justin Herbert of your Los Angeles Chargers. The fact that they got that diagnosed, Larry, the first thing I did when I woke up this morning was I went on Twitter right away and put in Justin Herbert's name because I was expecting it's something internal, it's Mm -hmm. broken ribs, it's something four to six weeks. Who knows? I mean, the way he was – the way he was moving around and struggling to 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 throw the ball, I, I, who knows? Maybe it could have been something season-ending. You never know. Yeah. So yep. for it to be just uh, whatever it was with the rib cartilage, uh, that, they got incredibly lucky. And the Chargers' schedule, it's been difficult these first two games, but it gets significantly easier. They got the Jaguars and Texans the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. They might want to think about, if they can, avoiding having Justin Herbert get hurt. Because if he goes down mm. – Pretty much their chances go down, and and their, yeah. and their chances this year for them, it's kind of a Super Bowl or bus kind of. I'm not saying they have to win the Super Bowl, but they have to have a deep playoff run this year for sure. They do. They need to take that next step because they listen. You look at the talent on that club, Gordon. There, loaded. Maybe maybe Buffalo might be more talented, but that might be it. I mean, because yeah. they added depth defensively. I mean, Khalil Mack is on that team defensively with Bosa. I mean, that's a fierce defense. Now you got the pass rush. The secondary is really good. I mean, think about this, Gordon. Look what they did last night, and the number one receiver wasn't even in in, in the stadium. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they could have easily won that game. That interception completely turned oh. that game around. Um, but uh, yeah, the uh, the Chargers very high hopes this year. Very tough division. Tough to lose a division game like that because they definitely outplayed them in the first half. To only have that three point lead at halftime is one of those things that anytime you see that, no matter what the teams are, you're like. Eh. Mm-hmm. To outplay a team like that, only be leading by a field goal. But, um, look, a long season ago, we're only into week two, and uh, the Chargers need their quarterback because that's where everything hinges. No question about it. We'll talk more football, but let me just add this to you, Gordon. Just in retrospect, after we left the air last night, and looking at that game, and for full disclosure, cover five, and you can you know, you know can sign <laughs> up too, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. I mean, Gordon, you know how close I was? They got the big they got the first of all, he shouldn't have came back in the game. That's not no, of course not. <laughs> and if not you had not bet that game, he would not have come back in. The, that's the way it works, Larry. Let me just let you know right now. That's the way it works. You are correct. And so I have a couple of takeaways. Here's the, so here's the first takeaway. That was the first takeaway. Here's the second takeaway. What what are you guys doing to me on fourth down? The big pass plays on fourth and one. The touchdown was on fourth down. I mean, can't you? Kansas City, can't you get off the field? Don't you know I needed that I needed that pick last night? And the final thing I take away, Gordon, I have a lot of respect for you. You're a tough man. For you to put shekels on anything like that and to have it just ripped from you that close to lose money, I, I, it's unbelievable. You're a tough man, that, Gordon Davis. That's, that's why they call man. it gambling, Larry. That's why they call oh, it gambling. God. Trust me, it's a lot worse. I mean, Scott Van Pelt has done a, a fantastic job with that segment he does of bad beats, you know, yes, games yes. that you think you have in hand. And, 
Yeah, that's part of it, right? I mean, of course, when you win a game like that and you get the backdoor cover like that, you're like, this is the greatest feel. I love this. Gambling is amazing. I love this game. Yeah, I love this game, right? But when it goes the other way, boy. I hate this game. Everything, everything's dark. You know what I mean? Everything. Your whole mood just changes right away. It did. It did. I have to... Oh, I have to. I have to work on some things. <laughs> <laughs> you find places among, You find places inside you that you didn't know existed. Oh, there's some dark areas. Going yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, there's some, there's some pain. There's some scars, oh, Larry. No question. There are. There are. And I'm yelling. I'm like, why did you go? For even Larry. See, even even the most beloved person on this station, oh. Larry Hardesty. Even with inside him, there are some dark places he didn't know existed. Oh, why did you go for three? Why did you get the ball in the end zone? Oh, I'm just yelling. It's unbelievable. Speaking of uh, frustration, well, not last night, but leading into last night, it was your New York Mets who avoided complete and utter humiliation. They beat the Pirates 7-1. Boy, Daniel Vogelback, look, happy to see his former club, <laughs> knocked in three runs. Uh, now, But here's the, here's the thing, and of course the Mets and Pirates or Buckos will be get underway in just a couple of minutes with Taiwan Walker on the hill for the Mets. Gordon, the past 13 games, all against opponents who are at least 20 games under 500. And, you know, I, I think Tom had a, a special smile on his face when he put this stat in our notes tonight. Mm. In the in the 13 games, all against opponents, 20 games under 500, the Mets are 6-7. and seven. Yeah. Gordon, that's unacceptable. No, that's... That's uh, unacceptable. You can't... You, this is the perfect opportunity for you to put some distance between Atlanta, who happened to lose some games. You have a one-game lead going into tonight, okay? Gordon, you could have been up at least three or four games easily. Easily. Just score some runs. It's not good. And when the you've been looking forward to this stretch for the longest time, just get us to that stretch where we really don't play anybody outside of that series against the Braves themselves, and and, and we'll take care of it from there. And they haven't taken care of business. And, and no. so if they don't... If it does turn, I don't think it will. I think the Mets have gone through the the cold stretch and they'll pick things up here against the Pirates this weekend. But if they were to lose the division and continue to play like this, they will have no one to blame but themselves. So they have to take care of business. They have to be through whatever doldrums they've been through because I think the Braves will continue to kind of level off here a little bit, but you don't mm-hmm. want to leave the door open for them. We talk about no. teams, Larry. You got to kill them dead. The Braves are one of those teams. You got to kill them dead, man. They keep coming back, and there's been a lot more times when you felt good about where the Mets are at because the lead has been far bigger than it is right now, and all of a sudden, here come the Braves. They're like the, the monster movie. So you got, <laughs> you got to be able to uh, take care of your business. If you take care of your business, everything will take care of itself, but – Beating the Pirates is the first thing of, of the business they got to take care of. And that's what they have to do tonight. And uh, Philadelphia is in Atlanta. Well, no, it's not. Well, let's put it this way. The Phillies are in Atlanta. Uh, and uh, the Battle of Home Run hitters in there. Well, Kyle Schwarber's got 38, and Austin Riley's got 36. So that should be an interesting one. This is the crazy thing about, about both these teams, Philly and Atlanta. Philly, you know Philly's offense. Both teams have a great offense. But Philly's pitching is just like you just never know what you're going to get with their pitching. You just don't. So if you're the Mets, you better win these games because Atlanta, they, they can smell it, Gordon. They, they they have the confidence of having done this before, right? They know we can go over it. We've done it before. We've done it. Look what we did last year. Even with, with just the nucleus they have there, people counted us out, and we marched all the way to win to the World Series. So they, they believe they're in it all the way to the end, no matter what the Mets do. 
Yeah, and I, I would think that one game is the bare minimum that you want to go into that series against the Braves right. with, right? right? You don't want to have anything less than that. You'd like to have it be two, but at the bare minimum, it's one. So then at least if you don't get swept, you'll come out of there with the lead, but uh, or at least you'll be, you know, you won't be behind them. Uh, in the standings so yeah I mean this is the time to pick up some ground here there's no there's no reason not to I, I don't care I don't care who's pitching for the Mets I don't care who's hitting for the Mets I don't care who's coming out of the bullpen you're playing the Pirates yeah act like it act like <laughs> it make them look like the Pirates and you you act like the Mets right I mean this is about time where you step things up and start to score some runs and I'll tell you right now if you just score a couple of runs trust me the Pirates, they, those guys probably are so done with this season, Larry. It's mm-hmm. all—it's been over for forever. It was over really when the season began. Yeah. So just score a couple of runs in the first inning like you usually do, and away you will go. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, Gordon, I think, and, and I know, and I want to hear from the Yankee fans too. We'll talk a little baseball till 8 o'clock, 1-800-919-3776. Away from the Yankee fans because you made an interesting point. Because I do think now that the lead has extended in the division, I think Yankee fans feel comfortable, which they should. I don't know if they think they can now go on a long run, but I do think they feel more comfortable. Um, should Is it too early to feel like that? Is it too early? I mean, you, it looks like you have the division now, and that should at least allow you to kind of maybe set up a little things, a couple of things here and there to get ready for the postseason. I mean, it seems like this little stretch that they've had has convinced everybody that the the tough times are over. It does seem like they're about to get somewhat healthier here with Rizzo being on the horizon and Severino being on the horizon and Bader being on the horizon. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to need a little bit more convincing before I'm ready to go down that road. Um, you know, they beat the Red Sox. That's great. I think the Red Sox kind of beat themselves a lot uh, <laughs> of those games. And, and you take a look at the lineup again, Larry. I, I mean, I know. It's almost like they're tr- like, what do they ex? Why is Aaron Hicks still playing? What do they, what are you getting out of Aaron Hicks? This was the perfect opportunity for you to put Miguel Andujar in the lineup. Give him a couple of weeks. It's not a lot. And I'm not saying that it, it's a foregone conclusion that he'll be successful. But you know what is a foregone conclusion? Aaron Hicks stinks. He stinks now. He'll stink in the future. He stunk this season. He stunk in other seasons. And I'm not telling you that Andujar was on fire or something like that, but he was six for his last 15. What do you have to lose? It's almost like with Joe Flacco. Don't you know what Joe Flacco is at this point? Mm -hmm. Do you really need to see more of Joe Flacco? Do you really need to see more of Aaron Hicks? But there he is, back in the lineup, back in left field. He's a terrible fielder. He's a terrible hitter. If you throw him strikes, he won't hurt you. He is powerless. to. If you throw him strikes, he is powerless to hurt you. But yet there the Yankees are putting Aaron Hicks back in the lineup. So I can't figure it out. 72 for 345. I mean, it's established now. It got, it, look, if you, if you need a pinch hitter, you're looking for a, somebody to come up and walk. All right, he's your guy. <laughs> Outside of that, what, I mean, what are you looking to get? What are we doing? I hear you. And then, and Peraza's not in the, like you call up this this kid who yeah. we've all heard about. Yeah. Again, five for his last fourteen. Why wouldn't he be in the lineup? He needs a rest. <laughs> I mean, who, what he are we doing here? He what needs are a we break. doing? This is long care. past he, the minor league season's over. This is long past the time he's played. Season's almost over in the minors. This is this is played more games. Let, let's call him up and have him let uh, let him sit down, learn. And watch and learn. Yeah, oh yeah, you learn a lot by sitting and watching. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. When we return, 
Some sad news for the Mets and a change in the front office for the Mets. We'll hear from Buster Olney. Plus, Ken Rosenthal had something else to say, Gordon. And yeah, last night we talked guy. about what he said. Yeah, something else he was talking about as far as um, as far as Aaron Judge was concerned, maybe heading to a different borough in the city. Well, now there's some conversation about Jacob DeGrom. A lot of conversation about Jacob DeGrom now, too. We'll discuss it next. You're listening to ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. It's Hardesty and Damer in Fagrasa on 98.7 ESPN. We'll get to the calls in a moment. And Gordon, you know, Sandy Alderson has an interesting place in history for the Mets, right? In the sense of he was a guy that brought some stability to the front office. Uh, he was a guy who because of his success with Oakland, was a person who was able to kind of guide and, and, and put the Mets on the path of trying to get back to being, not being a joke anymore over the years that they, you know, after the years that they were so bad. And so it was interesting, uh, the departure because of his illness, and then they brought him back. And part of the reason he was brought back, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, if you hear around baseball circles, was because it was kind of a calming influence for other owners because they felt that he would be a guy that would <laughs> kind of rein in Steve Cohen and not let him just go and say, I want this, I want that, I want this. You know, you know mm-hmm. like, 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 like your kids in the candy store. Sure. Give me one of these and one of these and one of these and two of these and five of these. So he has an interesting, he has an interesting legacy as far as the Mets are concerned. For me, I give him a lot of respect for what he was able to do. He brought... He brought a certain kind of player when he was here, Gordon, and he brought the kind of player that the Wilpons loved, which was you didn't have to pay a lot for him. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But he made the adjustment when 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 uh, you know Cohen took over. Well, I mean, he brought credibility to an ownership group at that time that I don't think had a lot of credibility, right? I mean, and he had to juggle a lot of stuff where it, there were a lot of off-seasons where it was clear the Mets needed this or that, right? They needed bullpen help. They needed this or whatever. And he had to figure out a way to make that budget work. Uh, and it wasn't a huge budget at the time. It certainly wasn't a, a representative budget of a professional team in New York. So, But uh, Sandy did a halfway decent job with that. Came back here during this recent run. So uh, good for him. I mean, 74 years old. He's been a baseball lifer. Great career. So uh, congratulations to him. Now, uh, Buster Olney was on with Barton Hahn, noon to three, Monday through Fridays here on 98.7, and he said this wasn't a surprise. You know, his contract is going to run out through this year, and so last year when the Mets had all those problems, right, with uh, folks in the front office uh, who were having issues, including Zach Scott, who you know, got the DUI, um, the, the feeling was, from talking to source within the organization, that Steve Cohen, their owner, had basically decided, you know what, um, I need to move in another direction. So Sandy held the title, but I think in terms of practical power, the most important relationship was between Steve Cohen and Billy Epler. And I think now moving forward, one of the questions people have is, you know, will the Mets follow up on some of their interest with David Stearns, who was the head of baseball operations, is the head of baseball operations for Milwaukee Brewers, and would they bring him on board to effectively replace Sandy? So a lot of you know, a lot of big names, a lot of moving parts. And as always with Steve Cohen, it's, uh, it's going to get headlines. Yeah, it is because he, you know, it's about money. And <laughs> whenever Steve Cohen does something. And again, Gordon, it's the other team in New York, right? It's the Mets. And it, it's, 
everybody wants to watch and see how how they're going to do by spending money because they haven't had money to spend in forever. Yeah, absolutely. And if they do go after um, David Stearns, uh, I mean, yeah, that would be the melding of, of what these these big organizations can do. They can have the smart guy that has a lot of money to spend. You know, Stearns in, in Milwaukee does not have the budget that he would have here. And, and uh, you know, if you're talking about having all the tools at your disposal to have a team win a World Series. He certainly would have that with the Mets. That's for sure. Yep, he definitely would. He definitely would. Uh, sad news for Met fans. Uh, John Stearns, the longtime catcher, passed away. He'd been fighting prostate cancer, Gordon, for a number of years. He passed at 71. And it was so interesting. I remember when he came up, he was the catcher that followed Jerry Grody from those early years of the late 60s or in 70s, uh, the mid-70 years. And, and he was the catcher that followed Jerry Grody. And he, Grody was a very good defensive player. He had a great arm throwing guys out at second base. And when Stearns first started, I remember somebody saying he threw like there was a parachute on the baseball <laughs> because he had a kind of a looping throw and he kept working and kept working and kept working. And he, he got better. He had a, he had a solid career with the Mets. And so, you know, it's, it's Gordon. It's really scary because as you get older, the players that you rooted for in various sports get older sure. And then as they pass, you start to look at yourself and like, oh, my God, I remember when he came up. I remember that. And, Doesn't feel and Gordon, that long ago, right? Gordon, God forbid that you're watching their sons play. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, I mean, there's been a lot of that lately, right? Uh, that's, uh, that is, uh, I mean, we've already seen some guys' sons retire. I mean, Prince Fielder, yeah. right? You know, Cecil something? Fielder's son uh, has already come and. And his whole career is gone. Um, yeah, with John Stearns, uh, w- one of the great all-time nicknames, bad dude, right? Yeah, uh, that's and, right. And it seemed, and now, look, I was not a Met fan, so I'm not going to tell you that I have some connection. But it felt like he was like one of those guys, like after the trading of Seaver, that that was a guy that a lot of Met fans looked to as being yes. maybe the next wave. Uh, mm-hmm. And it took a while for them to get to that real next wave, but he was one of those guys that became a fan favorite. So it was nice that the Mets were able to do that old-timers day. Yeah, just in time. And it let him to ha- you know to hear the cheers one more time, man. That's yeah. great stuff and great stuff by Steve Cohen. Yeah, no question about it. When we return, your calls plus... Ken Rosenthal, he was a busy man last night, Gordon. He's got a he lot of stuff a- to say, that Ken he Rosenthal. A- He's upsetting yeah. a lot of people. Well... He also had some thoughts on DeGrom that we didn't get to last night. We'll share that with you, and as I mentioned, we'll take your calls. But first, hey, football fans, not too late to sign up for Cover 5. It's a free-to-play pick'em game for season-long fun and compete against your friends, your rivals, and your favorite 98.7 ESPN hosts. Here's what you do. You pick five games each week, and the best score against the spread throughout the regular season will win $1,000. Plus, there's weekly prizes of $100 that will also be awarded. So join the 987 ESPN League with code NY22. That's NY22 on the Cover 5 app at Cover5.com. Visit ESPNNewYork.com for full contest rules. We'll continue the conversation with you next on 987 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. The Mets should be up already. They should be. Yeah, it is the Pirates. Come on. It's time to get some stuff going here. Maybe this inning. Um, Maybe this inning. But, but they had a, a shot before the uh, the inning started there of somebody in the stands with like a newborn baby. I'm thinking yeah. to myself, why are you bringing a newborn, a newborn baby to the game? Yeah. Newborn? Yeah. Newborns are tough on, on their own, never mind at a baseball game. Oh. That's a lot of work. That's a I lot of work. I don't understand why people bring newborns. That's the, that's the beauty of the newborn. You get to stay home for six months before <laughs> they have to do anything. That's right. You have a built-in excuse. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And then, you know, can you imagine waiting in line to use the bathroom when you got to right. change them? Oh, that's, that's good. That sounds like a nightmare. And clearly... Adorable baby. but Of course, yeah. of course. Adorable baby. And, and clearly, uh, I hope they brought the bottle formula. Otherwise, there'll be some other issues as well. Oh, my goodness. I mean, there's a, a thousand things you need every time you leave the house. And that's just like run errands. Never mind. Yeah. Hey, we're going to the Met game, and we don't know when it will end. That's right. Absolutely. Listen. I, and so, I can tell you, the baby yes. is not getting anything out of it. Well, hopefully, the parents are getting something out of it because they think, She's gonna, this baby's going to be so tired. They'll sleep through the night for a change. Well, with the way with the Mets offense lately, they probably will. <laughs> they won't wake them up. <laughs> they, might, they might be the only one. <laughs> They'll be sleeping peaceably in, in yeah, City Field. Absolutely. <laughs> so speaking of the Mets, Ken Rosenthal was busy last night. He, of course, was part of the Fox broadcast on uh, Roberto Clemente night at City Field. He made some comments that we played last night on ESPN New York tonight about the could the Mets make a deal, make a bid to get Aaron Judge. Well, he went on to talk about comparing the Yankee situations to get judged like the Mets with DeGrom. Here's what Ken Rosenthal had to say. I agree with that. At the same time, things do happen in free agency. And he was not pleased, Judge, when the Yankees announced what they offered him around opening day. And who knows how this goes. If the Yankees pay what he wants, yes, he stays. If they do not, or if it becomes a situation where other teams are jumping in and perhaps wooing him, maybe he goes. I would bet on the Yankees, but with free agency, you never can be sure. Right. So that's what he said last night about Aaron Judge. Here's what he says about, once again, Ken Rosenthal saying, don't the Yankees have to get Judge done like the Mets have to get DeGrom done? And Gordon, I'm hearing 50 million, 50 plus million for DeGrom, which is kind of scaring me because they're not one player away. <laughs> you know what I mean? They need some offense too. So here's what Ken Rosenthal had to say when he compares Judge and DeGrom. I don't think anything is crazy when it comes to free agency. And with Judge, Steve Cohen is a classic Mets fan. And I grew up here, and what Mets fans love most is to torture the Yankees. So even if he can't get Judge, I have a hard time imagining that he will not at all make a bid or at least show interest, if only to drive up the price for the Yankees. And if the Mets season does not end as successfully as they wanted to, why wouldn't they be interested in Aaron Judge? So, once again, Gordon, here's the tricky thing, right? With the amount of money that they are talking about with Judge, with, with Judge, we'll move Judge aside, with the amount of money that Max Scherzer has gotten, Garrett Cole has gotten, if you're DeGrom, Gordon, what are you asking for? I think what you're asking, you asking for $50 for? million dollars a year. I, I don't think that that's unrealistic. If, 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 if in free agency... To get Max Scherzer, you had to jump up to $40 million. What is it? $43 million a year, yeah. right? Yeah. The next that's the that's the large jump. The next jump from 43 to 50 is not that big a jump. It's not. So especially for a guy who has done it for your organization. And it's not Steve Cohen's problem. It's it's nobody's to blame, but Jacob DeGrom didn't give the Mets a discount last time. I don't think he's going to be doing that this time. So no. not with the guy who's writing the checks. And he shouldn't be asked to. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think that if you're talking – now, health is another thing. It is. Health is a major question. But it is. if you're just talking about his performance on the field, when he is on the field, he is the best pitcher. He's even better than Scherzer. 
Gordon, they're, they're, they're very similar in the sense that, you know, the same questions that Mets fans have about DeGrom are the same questions that Yankee fans had about Judge before this year. Okay, is it what's his durability? And once again, you know, uh, Degrom is older, mm-hmm. and Gordon he's not going to get less. <laughs> he's he's not gonna, his injury not situation is not going to go down. No. The possibility, it's if anything, it's going to go up. So, I mean, if you're Steve Cohen, what do you? How how long do you sign him for? Do do you say three years, four years, five years? Can you sign him five years? I don't know that I can sign him five years, Gordon. I don't know. I mean, the beauty of Steve Cohen, I think, is that money is no object, no? Yeah. He doesn't care. Yeah. So if it, ta- if it takes five years to keep Jacob deGrom at $50 million, I, I think you got to – it sounds crazy, but if money is no object, he's the best guy. We're not having a debate about who the best guy is. No, no, no. There's no question. And, if he, and he's your guy. He's our guy. So you, you, if you're Steve Cohen, I, look, I don't know how this season ends for the Mets. If they ends with a World Series title, maybe there's a way around it and, and the perception would be different. But if it ends anything short of a World Series title and you're Steve Cohen, you cannot allow Jacob deGrom to go someplace else over money. You're right. But I'm looking at, you know how I am. I'm looking at it as I don't want to be sitting here Two years down the line. Oh, there's a good possibility of that. With I mean, him, there's no other way around that. Absolutely. With him no. not yeah. being able to pitch. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been able to pitch the last three years. I mean, Gordon, when's the last time he's pitched the full season? 19? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's been a while, sure. Yeah. So, you know, and you're going to pay, and you got to pay for him. I get it. And so, with that logic, as we're about to hear from Buster Olney, if the Mets, if, if the Grom signs for 50, as a pitcher who pitches every fourth or fifth day, what is Judge worth, Gordon? <laughs> it's going to be worth a lot, too, yeah. What is Judge I, I worth? Don't know. I don't know if day. Judge is going to be worth $50 million a season, but, I mean, I'm just looking at DeGrom's point of view, right? Yeah, you, you oh, yeah. You just signed Scherzer to 43. I've been here, and I've been better. Yes. And yep. I'm younger. Yeah, and I bailed you out the last time. Right. You know, even though you weren't here. Now, now, again, much like Judge, we don't know what Jacob DeGrom's motivation is. It might right. be money. It might be location. It might be years. I have no idea. But if it mm-hmm. is, I don't think it would be a stretch for him to start the negotiation on his side of things. Well, if you pay this guy 43, then I'm, I got to be worth more than that. And he's missed time this year. He's paid 43. Right. Look, that's part. I think if you sign DeGrom, you almost have to, part of the deal is you realize he will miss some time. You just hope that it's not going to be years of time. Right. Right. You just hope that it's, you know, sometimes he's hurt and he has to shut down for a while. He's not going to be a guy who's going to make you 30 starts a year, almost certainly. But if you're, if you're Steve Cohen and you're the guy with the big checkbook, I don't think that anything, again, short of a World Series title this year, that you could ever let uh, Jacob deGrom leave your organization when he has been the best thing about your organization for a very long time. No question. So Buster Olney was asked on Barton Hahn earlier today, will the Yankees have to overpay to keep Aaron Judge? DeGrom's situation may be all about what Jacob DeGrom wants and not what he's going to be offered. His situation reminds me a lot of Roy Halladay when Halladay was with the Blue Jays and then you start to hear about 
how, you know what, he wants to, to have his spring training home closer to Clearwater, Florida, and he wound up basically forcing his way to the Philadelphia Phillies. That wouldn't surprise me with Jacob DeGrom. We know, as he has said repeatedly, he's going to opt out of the contract. You know, friends I've spoken with who talked to Jacob, they believe he's looking for an environment that has, you know, fewer bells and whistles and a lot more focus on baseball, not having to worry about so many media members, which is why I think a lot of his friends think that he's going to take a serious look at the Atlanta Braves this offseason in terms of effectively delivering himself to them. We'll see if that's how it plays out. Now he may get $60 million because you clearly can't let him go to Atlanta, Gordon. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think so. Now, I would think that if he's going to Atlanta, that money might – well, I'll say this. I don't think the Braves are offering him $50 million. No. So no. then if you're going to the Braves, what you're saying is that money is not your motivating factor, that you want to be – where is he from, Florida? So he yeah, would want to just yeah. be closer to home. I don't know. Um, I, I would find that hard to believe. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, the only organization tough. that he's ever known – the owner that has the most money and the last big contract that he will most likely sign in baseball. Mm-hmm. I think that that leads to uh, a pretty good situation for the Mets. I agree. We'll see what happens. Spike is in St. Pete. Hey, Spike. What's going on, my friend? Hey, boys. How are you doing? Uh I will run this by you, uh, Gordon. I'm just thinking about it since you're the uh, the maven of wagering. My buddy, who's a diehard, I don't Mets like this fan. reputation that I'm getting. Is this, <laughs> you know, yeah, clearly it's not like me. Gambling degenerate. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I make well, a couple of bets I, sitting on the couch. I I I only say because it's part of the shtick, and the, and then you go back and forth with the promo code. It's it's a lot of fun. Right. I, I I don't I don't infer any negative stuff. You know that. But here's my key. And, and I think the Yankees, we talk as much as, you know, I can get on and call and all that. I appreciate uh, all, all the times. I, I think we feel really comfortable uh, with the Yankees. I still don't think they're going to win everything. But I think uh, they caught a little break there. They won some games with guys we made fun of the lineup, so-and-so. So they're getting some guys back. Of course, you know, we're focusing on Judge, but the ultimate prize is winning the World Series. But I want to throw this question at you, and have a great weekend, boys. So my buddy is a Mets fan. We go over it, and he says, I don't think the Dodgers are going to be in a competitive situation until the uh, league championship. They get an automatic ride to the division and all that. And he thinks the only two teams that can beat him are the obvious ones. So we, And the odds are tremendous. So we're going to put a strategy together. When and if the Dodgers get to the league championship series, they're going to be heavy favorites. Would I be correct? Uh, I mean, probably. I don't know. Heavy favorites okay. depends on who they face. I don't know. Would they be heavy favorites against the Mets? There you go. So. That's the key. That that's the key to this whole bet. We think the Mets can beat the the, the Dodgers only if the the two aces are not able. You know, don't have to go through. You have to win the division first, the Mets, because the other way it's too it's too uh, traumatic for them. We think the Mets both think the Mets are, are are geared up right now. They got all that out of their system, and that's what we think. So what we're, we're He's got some other outlet to get a bonus if you lose. So if it comes down to league championship and then the, uh, you know, going in the World Series, we just don't think the Dodgers are going to win it. It's just what we've seen, and they don't have the pitchers. Uh, Kershaw's out, obviously, and the other other guy's out for the year. So that's the way I'm thinking about it. But I'll leave you with this. I've got to shift right over to football for both you guys. Mm-hmm. 
I communicate with you. I've said it a few times. I've called this last 10 days with what I'm going through. And I don't think, I really don't think Robert Sala, if he loses two or three of the next game by putting his foot in his mouth and alienating the fans or the writers and or the writers, what do you guys think? Because I think you can't get them back. All right, Spike, thanks for the phone call. I... You can get them back. You just you have to win games. Them. Yeah. Now, I don't know if the Jets are going to do that, but that's yeah. how you get them. You, you, you can say whatever you want as long as you win games. Yeah, absolutely. Rex Ryan will right. prove that. You got to <laughs> win, said, though. You got to win. He was able to say these things when they won. And when they lost, guess what? It, didn't, it wasn't as good. He had to make – and he had to eat some – he had to change his tune. You know, it's easy to talk when you got a really good team. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, in terms of the Dodgers stuff, I, I don't I, – I, I think it's the Dodgers kind of – I don't know. I think they're kind of over. I mean, look, the run that they've been on, it's been brilliant regular season success. Yes. I know they made the World Series a couple of times. The only one they won was the shortened year. Mm-hmm. You know, for all the success, you would think that they would just be an absolute juggernaut. Yeah. And they're, they're in not. it every year, but they have not been a juggernaut. Yeah. Because their pitching is up and down. It's not the hitting. Yeah. I, I mean, look, if, if you told me Mets, Dodgers, NLCS, I think I'd take the Mets there. Yeah, I would too. Clearly, I would. But if even if I was being objective, I would take mm-hmm. them because I think the pitching is the like you said, the pitching is going to be the key there. It's the two starters that you have back to back, and once again, as he projected, it's true. If if they have to go through the wild card, and you have to split those two up, then That's you know, hopefully, sure. hopefully you can match them back up when you get further along. Hopefully you can, but you know, it's a bigger. It's it's not the same dominance. No, and for a team that's as dominant as they are in the regular season, getting into the postseason, but baseball is always that way. But you know, if they match up against the Braves, I don't, I don't think that they're an overwhelming favorite. If they match up against the Mets, even for being the number one seed, I don't think that they're an overwhelming favorite. Yeah, I agree with you. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Rich Samini will join us at the top of the hour. We'll talk some football next on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. They start the night with a one-game lead over, yeah, you know who, Atlanta and Philadelphia. There's no score there, bottom of the second. Well, there you go. So far, so good. We're rolling right now. Rolling. Uh, Yankees and Milwaukee will get underway in about about another 20 minutes or so. Uh, We see Toronto has a 1-0 lead over Baltimore. (laughs) I wonder how the, the Toronto folks are enjoying this game on Apple TV Canada. Yeah, I don't know. Is it the same? Is it the same product as they get everywhere? I'd have to think so, right? It's the yeah, same. I would think. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It would almost be fitting for baseball mm-hmm. that when Aaron Judge, if he hits sixty-two, mm-hmm. that it comes on that Apple TV, so that nobody, you know, ninety-five percent of people aren't watching it. I mean, wouldn't that just be? Phil Mushnick would have a field day. He would. <laughs> he would write a he series would. of articles on, on that. Yes, scathing articles. And you know uh, I mean, what that the would just would be say? perfect for baseball. You know what the commissioner would say? What's that? Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Meanwhile, but, uh, I got. I got to run. I got to get the direct po- deposit in from the <laughs> Apple people. <laughs> That's right. Tampa has a two nothing lead over Texas. So I, I would think Gordon right now. To be honest, I would think that the Yankees are in good shape for the division. I would think right now oh, they're God, in pretty I hope good so, shape. Larry. They're pretty good. I'm not trying to so. jinx you. No, but I, I know. would think they're in pretty good shape. 
Yeah. I mean, you got three games against the Blue Jays left. You got three games against the Orioles left. And the Orioles have been have been uh, playing well overall, certainly mm-hmm. above expectations. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would like to think that you'd be able to hold on to, what is it, a six-game lead with, yes. <laughs> with 17 to go. You know, I was kind of surprised today. I was listening to the K Show, and they were talking mm-hmm. about Judge and 62 and all that type of stuff. Those guys made it seem like it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to do it. Yeah. I think it's more likely he does it than not, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I mean, you know, I think Michael said 64 home runs. And yeah. Peter, 65 home runs. I'll be happy with just 62. I mean, he's still four away from, from 61. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you get caught up in the ease in which he's done this. It, I, that's and the true. consistency. Yeah. You just do. And you, you just feel like, it's almost like, well, he feels like he needs to heal home run. He'll just hit one. I mean, that's what, it's the way it's been. He's been that hot and that consistent. And that's why Gordon, he's what, 20 plus over anybody else? Swarber and, yeah, it's and, crazy. Ryan and all those guys. He's 20 plus ahead of them. Because he's so consistent, he just hits, he just hits. And, and, the, and I, the ball flies off the bat. And if I'm a Red Sox fan, there oh. those four games, you do not throw – I do not want to see that highlight for the rest of my life. You nope. do not throw him a pitch in those four games. Can't do it. You can't do it. They will, but you can't. No. You can't do I, it. I can't get over the people who are still pitching to him now, but I guess they are. It's true. true. Until, until it changes, until you have yeah. some evidence of it changing. Yeah, well, I, he's he's convinced me. <laughs> I want you know. Manager, I wonder. I you know, there was a time where guys and baseball players, especially pitchers, are like psychos. Mm-hmm. There was a time where giving up something like that really mattered to the the players. They didn't want to be the one in the history. But I don't know mm-hmm. if that matters anymore. Yeah, you know, our our society is so based on getting fame, no matter how it, <laughs> no matter how you get it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if people would be. I don't know if players would be upset. I mean, you'll 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 always see your highlight. Yeah, it's not your highlight, but you'll be in it. That's a great point, Gordon. I remember uh, chatting with Al Downing, mm-hmm. the pitcher they gave up yeah. the, the home Aaron. run to Hank sure. Aaron, and <laughs> I'm walking over to him. It was at the Yankees Old Timers Day, and I'm walking over to him, Gordon. And he said, "Yeah, I'm the guy that gave up the home run to Hank Aaron." <laughs> so, I wasn't gonna talk to you about that. We were gonna talk about your Yankee years and what you thought about being with the Yankees. He said, "Oh, okay, because normally that's all that people want to talk to me about." Right. And and you know you, you get that way. You, so I understand just what you're saying. You become it becomes a part of you. I remember even David Price was talking about giving up three thousand to Derek Jeter. Yeah. And how and, it was, and he had a, he had a good career. Yeah. And how it was like, well, you know, it's. Um, he played it off. It was an honor, you mm-hmm. know. I, mm-hmm. I'm normal being the record books, but you know, to be able to be played with a guy like that, he said all the right things. But the competitor inside's like, he's got to be, tag. They're always yeah, going to know that I'm the guy that gave up the three thousand hit the tree. I, I, I guess it depends on the guy, but it just mm-hmm. feels like society nowadays. It, like it doesn't matter how you, yeah. how yeah. how you're remembered. You just want to be remembered. Yeah, because we're focused on uh, that we bet the game that he got it. right is he is he on my fantasy did i play him today (laughs) and they're different players but you know like players do have a respect for jeter and it seems like they kind of both have that same respect for judge so i I don't know if 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 it would matter to them that much that they gave it up so quickly if this if the last three games were against the astros would they pitch the judge those cheaters no they they would come (laughs) up with something those cheaters those rotten scoundrels (laughs) Yeah, you're right. 